0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swings to Hood, left-hand dribble behind the back, lost the ball, comes back to get it. Now he looks at the clock, it says five, so he works on Livingston on the right side, rises up and scores. Rodney Hood has 12 points, 10 of them in the quarter. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is locked on Jazz for the third of May. The Warriors get game 1. What's there to take away? Did the Jazz play badly? Did the Warriors play badly? Or maybe did the Jazz play well and the Warriors play badly? Or did the Warriors play well and the Jazz play badly? Or is it a combination of it all? We'll touch on all of it. Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz. Tomorrow will be Facebook Live from the hotel in San Francisco, so make sure you are ready for that and have your questions ready. Today's show is brought to you by Gemalto. I've enjoyed uh, Dan Spence and Gemalto. Gemalto is the digital leader in security in the ever Interchanging, increasingly connected world that has all sorts of data issues for you if you're a company. Jamalto does a wonderful job of protecting you once the breach happens. So, what Jamalto does is a lot of people try to protect the perimeter. It doesn't really work. Uh, and right now, uh, only 4% of 1.4 billion records breached had proper encryption. So what you've got to do is work inside of Jamalto's system that has been used by major, major companies here in the Bay Area. Oracle, Palo Alto Networks, NetApp, IBM, Oracle. I mean, some of the biggest, biggest companies in the world are using Jamalto to give them the security that they need. It's a three-step process that they install and put in an implement for your company to make sure that you are safe once the breach happens. Unfortunately, in this day and age, trying to stop the breach is probably a waste of time. Protecting yourself so when the breach gets in, you're right. Analogy to last night, they're going to pull Rudy Gobert out of the middle. you got to make sure you don't have some way that back cuts are getting layups. It's just going to happen. So that's where you use Jamalto and Dan Spence comes to help you out 801-540-3024 that's 801-540-3024 Jamalto is the digital leader for global security dan spence is your regional sales manager here in utah at 801-540-3024 give dan a call all right we're gonna i'm just gonna break down the game bunch of thoughts for you uh all of those uh aspects there's a there's a lot to be uh to talk about a lot of different opinions on it. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was. You know, we saw the Warriors uh, to some extent. Without here's what's interesting. I thought just big picture for a second, and then we'll do our pin. I thought we saw the Warriors as a regular team. I think that's the Warriors off nine day layoff. I think that's the Warriors as being good but not great. Uh, I think that's the Warriors. Uh, you know, I think that's I think that's the Warriors just kinda as their team, without anything really clicking or going nuts. Uh and yet and that and that is either um daunting uh or that is um, the reality. I don't know. So that's just my big picture. I'll get it to you in a second. Tyson Lions is our pin today. My name is Tyson. I'm writing from Phoenix, Arizona. I've been a long, lifelong jazz fan from a small town by the name of Preston, Idaho. I have extremely fond memories of watching the jazz play throughout my youth. I remember looking forward to the winter because of junior jazz and the opportunity to go with my team on a two-and-a-half-hour drive to south to watch Stockton Malone play in the nosebleeds. I screamed my voice away at those games. I still remember the shots Stockton made and how, little, how my little community erupted. Since it was a smaller town, when we when he hit the shot, you could hear the screaming down the streets. Everybody came out of the house cheering. Now I carry my uh, carry on watching my Jazz play whenever they come to town. Luckily, I ran into Earl Watson down here and talked to him about his Jazz days as well. Really cool guy. My wife and I love attending games during the regular season when Rudy blocked that final shot. It's always good to go to Jazz Sun games down here. We were sitting down behind the Jazz bench with a bunch of other fans having a blast. I love the sports team can bring these random people you don't know together. We high-five, we hug when Rudy had a big block. Thanks for all you do bringing such great stuff to the Jazz fans. That's Tyson Lyons in Phoenix, Arizona. All right, uh, big picture to start off here today. Uh, I thought the Warriors' speed really, really bothered the Jazz. I, I thought the the speed and the smarts bothered the Jazz. They they're They're coming at you. Uh, with their length, with their athleticism, with their style. Uh, at one point, I felt like it was a runaway cable car coming down California Avenue. Really coming at you hard. The the Jazz coming off the slow series with the Clippers, I don't think we're prepared for that. Uh, the same way the Spurs were not prepared for the slow series uh after the slow series with Memphis when they saw the rockets we didn't get run by 40 but i thought that was evident the the the, speed, the second one and i think this is a level of focus that you know the guy said all the right things coming in saying you know you have to um you have to make sure that you pay attention every possession and you're totally focused and and all of those items but i don't know if you really know what that means until you live it and I think the Jazz lived it where the just the back cuts in the third quarter when they were really humming and the switching they make defensively, uh, you, you're, you blink for one second. They either correct themselves or they take advantage of it or you get, get on the top side of it. They're really remarkable in their connectivity uh, as well as their ability uh, on the defensive end. They're so smart defensively. They just have the answers. Uh, Draymond seemingly was switched onto every single uh, pick. Every single, uh, somehow, he guarded everybody all the time. I'm going to go back and watch the game. I'll have that for you tomorrow, kind of understanding uh, what's happened in that regard. But really just incredibly, uh, just present in every possession. Uh, and, and then if, you know, Ian Clark's back cut or somebody else's back cut, if you blink for one second. So I, I thought that was it. The, the third one was the question of whether or not the Jazz could make the Warriors uncomfortable. And I actually thought the answer to that was a bit of a yes. Um, now, I'm not sure. We've, I think we've got to understand. I, I, I am not convinced that we have ever had a team compiled in the history of the game with such talent. I I think we have to remember that for the entire series. We have two of the top five players. On that level, that has probably happened... What would you say? Um, Maybe Magic and Jabbar? With two of the top five on the same team? Then they have either... Three of the top ten or fifteen, or four of the top fifteen or twenty, depending where you put Clay and Draymond. I mean, that's that's truly, truly, truly remarkable stuff. So I think we've got to understand a little bit of of just hey, you can make them uncomfortable. You can do a lot of things right, and they're still so dang good. That, that doesn't mean you actually win. You you can build the, the perfect game plan. You can build, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think you the Jazz game plan was really good. Um, so I, I think you can build the, the right game plan. I think you can run the, all, all these things correctly. And you end up still maybe falling short because they're that talented. So I thought the Jazz made them uncomfortable. Iguodala misses those shots. Those are shots that, frankly, uh, we want them to take, and he missed them, and that blew their rhythm a little bit. Now, if Iguodala goes two of six instead of over six, but he hasn't made a three, I don't believe in the playoffs yet. So there's a level where I'm not I'm not convinced he's going to show up being comfortable anytime soon. Um, you you, I think they they got him in a slow pace game. Um, and I'll walk through some of those things in a little bit. Uh, so so I really generally think that the Jazz did make the Warriors a bit uncomfortable in this game. This was not the Warriors' free-flowing, up-and-down, carefree game. Uh, I, I think the Jazz showed the Warriors that they're going to have to work. Uh, now, the Warriors are, are so terrific that, you know, that, that might not have a tremendously large impact on whether you win or lose games, um, but that you know until the burst, the incredible burst that happened in the uh, in the third quarter, you know that's how the Jazz kind of stayed in this game. Made, every time they made a bunch of plays, they were right back in it. Now this game was let's not overdo it. This game was not particularly close in the sense that once the I think once the Warriors got up by ten, uh, the Jazz only. We're never inside of ten uh, again, except for one minute at one point and thirty seconds for another. So it's never as though uh, the Jazz threatened in that. All right, let me walk through some of the specific things uh, in this ball game that I saw that I wanted wanted to mention. Um, okay, so my I think I've got my first clear thing clear. That one is the Jazz played well, but the Warriors are that good um is the is the first thing uh that i struck me. i mean if you kind of look at the numbers by the way, the warriors offensive rating and the warriors <clears throat> defensive rating is right on their season average. uh you'd like the the jazz to keep their defense, the jazz defensive rating or the warriors offensive rating to be below their season average. that you would like to believe that we are good enough defensively to be able to get them Below their season average. Offensively, you know, we're 12th in the league offensively. They're number two in the league defensively. I I don't know if that does mean that we get above our average. I I think that actually might be a little unlikely, frankly. Um, that, That would probably be my guess is that that's not a likely scenario that our offense ever reaches a level of being above its regular average uh turnovers is an issue for two reasons uh one we're not forcing any of them and we don't force turnovers it's not something we've done it's not the style of defense we play that's particularly cumbersome in this series because the warriors turn don't the warriors have a tendency to turn over the ball that's kind of their weakness when they only get seven turnovers which i believe was a franchise record fewest that's a lot of shots by incredibly talented offensive players right like that's that's a little bit of an issue is that they they are so incredibly talented offensively that if we're not forcing any turnovers then they get too many too many looks and I I don't have a really good answer on that one because it's not who we are We, we we are not a team that just that does force a ton of turnovers that's that's generally not the club style of play. We're not overextending. We're trying to keep everything around, particularly in this series, where we would like to keep them off the rim. We were not able. We were not able uh, to do that. We were not able to keep them off the rim uh, the way we would regularly want to. That would be the area where we did not have an impact on the game. All right. So the other one is turnovers on the other side. When we turn the ball over, Dan Clayton had this. It was it was really good. Uh, when we turned the ball over, uh, they scored every every live ball turnover they scored. That's incredible. Every live ball turnover they scored. Um, and I have to go back and watch the film. I'm using Dan's note there. Uh, that of whether they scored right away or they just got us at a disadvantage or, um, you know, or or how that how that played i, I haven 't watched the film. The other one is they fast break twenty five percent of the time off of a feel of a miss, so I mean some of this just gets to we've got to shoot a little better, which goes back to i'm not entirely convinced how much better we can be offensively than we were that night in the series. I think that's going to be a hard a hard one to figure out um, however um if we can make some more shots it, it you know they run off of they do a tremendous job of running off of those misses 25% of misses turn into fast break opportunities for them and their effective field goal percentage in transition is 76% now that's so it's 1.5 points per possession that's that's getting to be just a, just incredible Uh, And so anything we can do to keep them out of transition, which is frankly the only really good thing to do because they're just that good, is to make shots. Which is not always the easiest answer here. Uh, I mentioned the rim. They They are the number one shooting team in the restricted area. They shoot 67%. The league average is 61. They were 20 of 28 in game one in the restricted area for 71%. So that's that's a big number we've got to take away. They they're the number one mid-range shooting team in the league. They were 61% in the mid-range. I I mean at some point if they're if they're 61% from the mid-range, this is where you just got to tip your hat. We were able to control their three-point shooting. So they weren't special in that traditional way. Uh, as they they were 7 of 29 in their in their three-point shooting. And they were 11 of 18 in the mid-range. Our game plan is to force them into unassisted twos. We only, I think, got five of them during the game. But, they're and they're not, they're 20 of 28 at the, at, is at the basket is fast breaks, back cuts, open floor, pulling Gobert to the free throw line, sending guys behind him. Uh, they're really, really good at that. And this is something where I think as the series goes on, we'll get better. We've got to get them out of that 71-67% range at the rim. We've got, Rudy's got to have an impact in that regard uh, to do that. I actually thought, despite getting spun like a top twice on the same play, which was one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen, that Rudy did a decent job when switched out on Steph. Which is a miserable assignment. I thought he, um, I thought he did a really, I thought he really did a a nice job. Um, I think I mentioned Draymond and his ability to just somehow get involved in every single defensive play. Um, so the Warriors didn't really make shots. They didn't have that great offensive game. I think the Jazz are responsible for that. Uh, maybe there's going to be a game in this series where the Warriors do make shots and they. They do go nuts uh, but you know this is a team that their last game out had 45 uh, 40 whatever two points or 44 points in the first quarter an NBA record I, I thought the jet I thought the Warriors were uncomfortable in the half court um, I think the numbers would bear that out that uh, I think Andy Larson and KSL had that the Warriors were at about one point per possession in the half court maybe even less so I I think I think you saw that the Warriors got a bit out of rhythm, as we had hoped, uh, the Jazz would do to them. The interesting, by the way, the general feeling from all the Warrior writers and people who cover the Warriors that the Jazz were really good last night. That was the general feeling from everyone was that the Jazz were the Jazz were good last night. That that they were impressed that how the Jazz handled last night. That coming off the, the short series and not a lot of prep time, that they didn't. Um, that they thought the Jazz were really going to get run out of the building, and they didn't. Uh, the Jazz, by the way, above the break three were five of twenty-three shooting yesterday. And here, here's where you just begin to wonder, like, well, the Warriors' defense on above the break threes is number one in the NBA at thirty-two percent. They defend that shot better than anyone else in the league at 32.1%. The league average is 35. Three percentage points is a lot. Um, In fact, only uh, no other teams within a percentage point. Boston, I think Chicago and Boston are at 33. uh, And Milwaukee. So, you know, Here the Jazz go 5 of 23 on above the break threes. Is there something to the Warriors' defense in the way in which they're impacting you to to not get the looks or not get the rhythm in your looks that you want? I mean, might have to give them credit uh, for some of that. Not sure. Hayward goes 2 of 9. I don't know if they were all above the break. They usually are. Rodney goes 0 for 4. Joe was hit him, but he hit some corner threes. George Hill goes one to three. So now what? Right? Like that's, let's go to now what. Uh, now what? We're still playing the, what might be historically the greatest team to ever be compiled. Okay? And that's not going unfortunately, that's not going to change uh, in this series. But here's a thought for you. The great Bulls team that won 72 games we played in the finals. It When Jordan left, they became a 50-win team with Pippen. The other side of it is, if you take this team and flip it and take Curry or Durant off it, they still win 67 games. That is truly how great this team is. All right, so now what? Well, one, I think the Jazz, as the series goes on, We'll get more used to the speed, the the, the level of warrior precision, uh, the quickness by which they do everything, how they adjust defensively, the back cuts, all of those things. I think you get beat on those a few times. Second thing is you've got to cut off a few transition opportunities. So how are you going to do that? Well, one is you you, you got to be a little better at turning over the ball. I think Joe Ingles has got to learn, wow, against this defense, passes that are in the air for a long period of time are not making it to their intended receiver. The The defense of the Warriors is too good for, for things of that nature. The Jazz got better as the night went on. They committed 10 turnovers in the first quarter, and first half, and then they, they calmed it down. So you got to cut off a few of the transition opportunities. One of those... Is the turnovers the second one, and this is not easy, but you know we're gonna have to have an extraordinarily good offensive night because it has a dual impact. It gets them out of transition, and when you get them out of transition, because they're taking the ball out of the net, they can't. They still come at you, uh, and they really come out after you, after free throws. That's a whole part of their philosophy, but you, they don't come at you as much as they might otherwise. Um, and so I think they turn about those into about 8% of those possessions into transition opportunities. They're 75% effective field goal percentage in transition. Anything you can do to get them back to a re- – if you, if you think about it right now, that's 1.5 points per possession. They're regular in half court against the Jazz was about one point per possession. So that's – you know, you go cut them out of four transition opportunities, that's two points. Okay, now you make an extra shot let's let's call it a three instead of, you know, two threes you make instead of those misses because I'm just trying to... Now all of a sudden we're talking eight points. Now you've got a basketball game going on that's a little bit more contentious than we have, and that's what you'd, you'd like to see. So it, I think the Jazz played well enough. And then the last thing I would say, keep them uncomfortable. I think the Warriors were uncomfortable. That was not the way the Warriors wanted to play. You saw spurts of it, and boy, are they wrong. But they'll do that for 48 minutes. They'll... They'll get in that rhythm and that flow and that shooting and the moving the ball and just collective. This collective, they foster and feed off of the collective ball movement, assists and all those things. And the Jazz, uh, and that's what that's what that's what spurs spurs them on in an in incredible fashion. All right, so that's my game one analysis. Facebook Live tomorrow. I look forward to taking your questions on the game, and I will have rewatched it. The. Uh, So the Jazz game tomorrow, Thursday, same time, local radio. Uh, Brought to you today's show by Jamalto. Dan Spence and Jamalto, your sponsor. 801-540-3024. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.